0: Hello friends! This is the week of Valentine's Day, February 14th. Today is Friday, February 18th, 2022, and I'm recording this hopefully short podcast on racial identity. Do you understand that you have an actual racial identity? This week on the blog I shared about how as a biracial person living in Nigeria, growing up there, how I asked my father, am I white or am I black? Because I was a little girl, people were calling me all kinds of words, which you find in the blog. And I was confused. I knew I wasn't white, but I didn't think I was quite black because I associated black with my father's skin color. And I in turn grew up in an environment where we see and understand each other through a cultural lens rather than a racial lens. So number one in America, culture is racialized. Again, culture is racialized. We want Latin, you know, Spanish food, those black people and their dance moves or whatever. We often conflate culture for race, so that's one problem, and then we have this thing of the default, right? So, what I always say to people is, if you what's the last um building in public, uh, a public building that you went to, like a courthouse or something like that, and do you remember how many steps you climbed to walk into that courthouse? And a lot of times, people say no. But if you have someone in crutches or someone on a wheelchair, they will say, oh, the stairs are around the back of the building because it's an old building. And when it was built, there was no consideration for people in wheelchairs, right? So the default is for bipeds. You and me as bipeds, not you and me as people in a wheelchair or using prosthetics or even elderly and needing to hold on to a rail we had to have government laws that demanded that rails be placed for um folks that needed to use the assistance of a railing okay what is what has that got to do with anything well the default is for steps that when you have steps it means your default is for bipeds I was visiting um, Iowa State University to do a talk there a couple of years ago, and I walked into this older building that had these grand steps going up both ways in the middle of this huge, beautiful lobby in an old building. Well, that was when the, the, the focus was for people who could walk up the steps, not the elevator. So we see this in our architecture is the point and the architecture defaults from that era, defaults to bipeds, people who can climb a flight of stairs, right? That is the same thing about white skin tone, whether it's band-aids being made, defaulting to white, and we're just getting colored band-aids made now in different skin tones or whether it is, um, what's the other one? Why did it just slip my mind? Whether it's um, even these days artificial intelligence, you know, those hand washing uh, machines at the airport that automatically release water and soap if you swipe your hand under them, have been discovered to have some prejudices in them as they cannot read darker skin tones. So when we do research and is based on a particular default setting that is not inclusive of everyone, you have white being the default. Therefore, what has this got to do with racial identity development? One, everybody that's not white comes to this country or is raised in this country, understanding that the default is white and understanding that they are not the default if they are not white. And white people think they don't have a race, generally speaking, of course. And it's when you begin to understand as a white person that you have a race, that's when you begin to work on this healing journey. Okay? So white people have a race. White people are not the default and then everybody else is other, okay? The other example I was gonna tell you about, I think it was just last year in 2021, that ballet shoe manufacturers started making um, ballet um, shoes in various skin tones. Uh, Darker-hued ballet dancers would use coffee to darken the ballet shoes so it would blend with their own skin tone and tights that they would wear. And we are talking 2021, maybe 2020. So with that being said, when the default is white and everybody else is other, thereby quote unquote inferior, right? We we are not building an inclusive society so for us to build an inclusive society which is why we're in liminal space because we're not there yet we're going from here to there for us to build an inclusive society you've got to understand that everybody has a race and a culture so in racial identity development the i'm going to put a resource in this uh, blog notes In the podcast notes, the Racial Healing Handbook by Annalise Singh has a beautiful chapter. Her first chapter is on knowing your racial identity. And I'm going to show you an image in this podcast and add it to um, the podcast notes called it's the Hoffman Integrated Model. And the Hoffman Integrated Model, which is on page 22 three of this book called The Racial Healing Handbook by Annalise Singh, what's beautiful about this model, number one, a lot of people don't realize that there are models that you can look at and help yourself understand this better, Right and there are models for people of color There are models for white people There are models for biracial people and i'll tell you my experience as a biracial person so in this model and i'm going to put a picture in the partners because i'm not but i wonder if i'm violating any copyright stuff whatever we'll find out um it shows people of color going one way and then the differences with white people on this racial identity development so there are two groups on this um, schema so it starts out with all of us emulate whiteness right we go to school we speak English and again I'm speaking about the context in America like I said we go to school we, we we speak English we um, do things the Western way. We value science over the arts, oftentimes, which is which is a hard, hard thing for me. And then we just all co- like. I know I came to this country, and I was truly um, emulating whiteness, right? I came for that American dream, and I'm in conformity, and white people are in conformity. And then we have an incident. We have, you know, a Tamir Rice, right? And that incident. People of color get confused. If you're Black, you're like, oh my God, someone that looks just like me was killed, right? An innocent young boy. And then if you're, for instance, Asian, you may say, so where do I stand? I'm not white. I'm not Black. If you're Latina, you may be like, oh, why don't they talk about all the Latina boys that are killed by the police, right? Um, If you're Asian, you may all of a sudden start feeling the stress of that model like um model immigrant model right like oh they're perfect we want them right you may start feeling this scent this this, these feelings and feel betrayed for white people where a black person gets into confusion and experiences dissonance for white people they become they accept the status quo and they become dismissive this is that um well, we don't know what George Floyd did for the police to arrest him. He must have done something wrong for the the shopkeeper to have called the police, right? That's where that kind of language starts happening, okay? And as we know, that's not the healthiest thing in the world, okay? And then we move into... um another incident happens, right? Uh, uh, and so the, we move up the schema and you see that black people become, they, come, they go into an immersion stage. And that what that means is that they become disillusioned and angry, um, some sense of hopelessness, like how's this ever gonna work? What do I do about this? At that same time, white people go into resistance blaming the victim, saying they've been discriminated against, they've, like, I'm, I didn't grow up privileged, I grew up poor. That's the kind of thing that gets said. And this, this is a very tricky area. Um, when you look at the schema at this schedule, I'm going to put up, it's not that black people and white people are growing at the same pace at the same time. Black people and people of color, when you come into America, you land in this space knowing there is a huge racial imbalance, whether you're Black, whether you're Asian, whether you're Latina, any non-white person. And I hate this language because non-white still centers white people. Um, And, you know, that's part of the problem. But we're just going to acknowledge that and keep moving on. When you come into this country and you be, come into the shock of a race, racial identity, you begin to speed up. You, you just get thrown into it instantly. For white people, it happens over time with lots of incidents pointing in their direction and the media being involved in marches and that kind of thing. Okay, And so from when they go into resistance, what you are resisting is that racism exists. You're resisting the truth of racism exists for other people and somehow it benefits you, even though you may not feel personally benefited, okay? Then Black people go into immersion where they feel a sense of identification and belonging. This is the Black Power stage or people of color. I I basically go Black and white just out of my own internalized stuff i'm half black half white this is when white people go into retreat because when you say when we say retreat what that means is they pull back from saying there is no racism and the first thing that happens is a ton of guilt and a ton of shame which is zero helpful to your growth right but no that resistance is part of the process so when you find yourself resisting have fun with it laugh at yourself right when you and then when you go into retreat and you're like oh my god this is so overwhelming oh lord how how do i deal with this guilt and shame and then you know when you feel guilt and shame the first thing you want to do is is hide it right we're not taught to really deal with our shadow feelings and all that stuff. So we wanna hide it. We wanna act like it doesn't exist. We get exhausted by it, right? And then as we come out of that, we emerge, we go into emergence. White people understand their white privilege and people of color understand they have a complex identity and they begin to internalize that complex identity. And then people, the both, people of color, people of all colors can go then into integrative awareness. Couple of things to know, you slide up and down this schema, right? So I say I, as a black person, let's assume I'm so woke, I am in integrative awareness and I hope you're looking at the um, image as we're talking about this. Um, say I'm in integrative awareness. Over the summer that George Floyd happened, Sweetheart, I I went all the way back to confused, disillusioned, and angry, seeking identification and belonging, but couldn't find any because my own, you know, my own set, um, thing doesn't just exist out there. And then we had, um, so so my point is, you slide up and down. Don't think there's a moment of arrival. Okay keep looking at this keep reading up on it google racial identity model there are tons of models um Beverly Daniel Tatum who wrote we are all, why, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria wrote about the development of white identity in this wonderful book it is like the gold standard we you know we have a lot of anti-racism books out there right now Oh, honey, she is the gold standard of all of it because she's been doing this work long before anybody was talking about it. The other thing I want to tell you is that there are other options in the racial identity development model that people of color face, right? Number one is assimilation, where you can value the majority culture over your own culture. And so you may have you may zigzag between people of color and white people right on this racial identity development model the hoffman integrated model you might zigzag right then there's separation preserving one's culture while withdrawing from the majority culture which could be more like an immersion experience where that's your sense of identification and belonging and then there is marginalization where you use you lose cultural contact and identification with your own culture as well as the majority culture and you feel on the margins of the margins right those are those are things people go through and the hopefully what we're able to do what my goal is to do is to integrate i value and integrate my yoruba culture as well as my white culture that's in me from my mother. And it's my own way of honoring her. And I value and try as best as I can to integrate African-American culture as well in that that is my adopted home and, and place where I find belonging here in America. So I want you to ask yourself some questions around this racial identity development model Um, put in the notes in the comments questions and ideas about it and and what you're thinking where you are and tell me why you think this is important where did this hit you what spoke to you what do you want to hear more of and before we do that i want to tell you where some biracial folks may fall Asian models of de- um identity development. So I want you to look into that if you're Asian or if you're Asian related, if let's like, say you're married to an Asian. Um, there's um language around Filipino American uh Filipino American identity development. I do not write this second have a ton of resources around Latino or Hispanic racial identity development but for biracial people let's talk about this biracial people um tend to have a couple of things going on they accept the identity society assigns like i accepted i was black um they or they can identify with both racial groups where if I really grew up around my mama's white people, I may feel that there's some things about me that are very white and I can't let go of them. Um, and then sometimes one may choose to identify with a single racial group, right? I could choose if I were African-American, I could choose, if if I could pass, I could choose to be more white, right? Um, An identification of a new racial group, a lot of times, like I know, I consider myself a third culture kid, right? That's a whole different thing for another day. If you know what a third culture kid is, raise your hand in the chat, right? And that's where um kids from one culture go live in another culture and then they come back to their culture and they cannot integrate and so they bond with like-minded people not a geographic area they bond with other people that have had those kinds of experiences and they have a unique set of um markers for third culture kids so what resonated with you in this brief uh podcast today What do you want to hear more of? What made you come alive inside? Talk to me. Y'all take care now. Peace and blessings. Bye bye.